if you're clapping, that means you're ready to go to the Amazon. Two of you, awesome. <laughs> My name is Jennifer Foster. They know me around here as Jungle Jen, and I have had the incredible privilege of being a missionary in the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil for the last 12 years. Isn't he amazing? And how many of you know that we serve a God of immeasurably more? In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, it says he will give us immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And I pray that, I'm counting on that, not only for the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil, but right here tonight. I'm so glad you're here tonight. I'm so glad you've joined us online. I am thrilled for what he is doing in the world today. Two amens. All right, we'll work on this. <laughs> he is. He's working. I literally just extended my Amazon trip three times while I was there. I changed my flight three times because I just couldn't get enough. He was doing so much, I just kept staying and staying and staying. I'm here to tell you, there is life outside of this little COVID bubble, and it's revival. It is happening around the world. And I got connected with the Lamb's Chapel a couple of years ago, and we have been partnering to reach unreached people groups where no one has ever gone before. And I told you that we serve a God of immeasurably more. And some of you might have thought, oh, this COVID thing, it really, really shut a lot of stuff down. Didn't shut God down. Amen. Since December, we have dug four clean, safe drinking wells and built a building overseas. That is our God. Because you see, when we come to the end of ourselves and we can't do it, guess who has to show up? So I like to put myself in positions where I'm at the end of myself so that faith has to show up. And you know what? He's got a perfect track record. He hasn't failed me yet. And he never will. If you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. I think it's just about time that the enemy be defeated. Anybody else ready for that? Because I am. I am done with the enemy. I played that game too long. I am done with the enemy. And I believe that tonight he wants to give us new dreams, new hope, new vision, new anointing. Anybody want some new anointing tonight? I believe our world could use a fresh anointing in this place and out there. I believe he wants to give new blessings, new favor. I want to leave here with all those things. And I want you to leave with those things as well. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. 
And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing at all in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons shall live on the rest. What an incredible miracle. This is a God, I need a miracle moment, wouldn't you say? This is, this is bad. The situation is not good. This woman has lost her husband, and now her husband has left this debt, and, and it was that custom, if a debt was left, the one who the debt was owed to could come and enslave the next generation. They could take them to work off the debt. And that's what's happening right here. I see a parallel to this in our land today. The enemy would love to come and enslave the next generation, would he not? He would love to do that, but I'm here to show you tonight that there is a miracle in the house. There is a miracle available. But he asks her a question. Woman, what should I do for you? What do you have in your house? In other words, the miracle that you need is dependent upon something. It's dependent upon available vessels. So he says, what do you have in your house that can bring forth a miracle? And she says, well, I don't have anything except a small jar of oil. And she was willing to give it all. It was all she had left. She was down to the bare minimum. She said, but I've got this and I'm willing to give it. If he asks her, what is in your house that can bring forth a miracle? Then the same is also true of the opposite. What is in your house that could be hindering the miracle? 
I believe that God is looking down today saying, I've got all the miracles. I've got all the anointing. I've got the vision. I've got the dream. But what do you have in your house, lambs? What do you have in your house that can bring forth a miracle? What do you have in your church? What do you have in your physical house, families? And what do you have in your house, your temple, that can bring forth the miracle? But the same is also true of the opposite. What is in your house that could prevent the miracle from coming? She's willing at this point to give it all. And that is what's going to bring forth the miracle. But I've learned since being on the mission field that you determine the magnitude of your miracle. You determine the magnitude of your miracle. If you say, well, here, I'm going to give you just this little pint-sized Sunday morning portion, then guess how much of a miracle you're going to get? Little pint-sized Sunday morning portion of a miracle. But if you're willing to say, I give it all, I'm willing to surrender it all, make me a vessel, guess what you're going to get? A whole lot of miracle, a whole lot of blessing, a whole lot of anointing. And tonight he's looking for available vessels. He sent me here tonight to get available vessels and he said, don't get me just a few. Because heaven's not the problem. A lack of miracles is not the problem. The anointing, the oil is not the problem. The problem is, he needs available vessels to pour it into. A pastor out of Georgia taught me this lesson, and it is a lesson that I will never forget. Because he has it all, but the question is, how much do we want? We get to decide how much of thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven that we want. Your servant has nothing at all except for a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, don't gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. She went from him and she shut the door. When I first got the calling and the door opened for me to go to the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil as a missionary for the first two years back in 2010 to 2012, there were some people who were not on board with that. Elisha knows that a miracle is getting ready to happen and maybe not everybody's going to understand it. 
You need to listen to me tonight. When God gives you a calling, when God gives you a dream, when he gives you a vision, go in and shut the door behind you. Commune with your father. Receive that blessing. Receive that anointing. Receive that before you go and pour it out. Because there's going to be some people who don't get it. There's going to be some people who say, well, we've never done it that way before. You know who they are. I love to say to people, when you got your calling, it was your calling. It wasn't a conference call. Right? It's your calling. And there's a reason why it's yours. So he says, she says, there's not another vessel, the son said, because she asked. She said, bring me another vessel. And he said, there aren't any more. I want you to see the faith in this. You see, it would have been easy for her to take that jar of oil and begin to pour it into the first jar. That's simple, right? One plus one, that makes sense. But then for her to take it and say, is it going to go into the second one? And then it does. Oh, well, all right, let's do that again. And so she poured it in again. Oh, well, that worked. Let's do that again. And then it worked, and then it worked, and then it worked. And so then her faith went from, I don't know if this is going to work, to bring me more vessels. Come on. And I want to tell you that's how it is with your dreams, your visions, and your calling when you step into it. At the beginning, it's like, oh, I've got to get out of the boat. Is this going to work? I don't know. And then you start to walk on water. And there might be a few moments of doubt, but then, oh, come on, give me more. God, I want more. I set out 12 years ago to plant one church among one unreached people group in my lifetime. I was giving my whole life just to plant one church. How many of you think that could take a lifetime? not, you go try it. <laughs> I literally thought that was going to take me my whole life. But I was willing to say, make me your vessel. I want more miracles. I want more anointing. I want more of you, Jesus, to shine out to the world. And after we planted the first church, I took people from that church plant and we went over to another unreached people group. And guess what we did? We planted a second church. And I said, well, God, that worked really well. Now, what do we do now? We'll go do it again. Okay, so we took people from the first church plant and people from the second church plant and we went over to another unreached people group and guess what happened? We've got lots of churches. You guys will get this in a minute. <laughs> we planted another church. And now we have an evangelical presence in the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil among 11 formerly unreached people groups. This is huge. We just finished digging our sixth clean, safe drinking well. We've built five worship centers 
for people who never even had a place to worship sheltered from the rain are now worshiping the one true God. We've given out over 2,000 Bibles to people who never even knew that a Bible exists. They're either reading them in their heart language or listening to them on our solar-powered audio Bibles. Make me a vessel. And what happened is that when I saw his faith, when I saw him honor the faith, I had to do more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to pour into the next jar. I wanted to pour into the next unreached people group. I wanted more. God, we want more. But every single step of more requires more faith. But see, he never does less than he did before. But you determine the magnitude of your miracle. Let's say that you went to the grocery store and you go and you get your, your butter and your cookies and your chips and your, your soda pop. Oh, sorry, wait. Pastor Brian's been talking about us eating healthy, right? He's been talking about soul care and how soul, body, mind, spirit all have to be in alignment. So I'm going to change this sermon illustration. Isn't our pastor great? Everybody give a round of applause for Pastor Brian. I, I love that man. Pastor Brian, we love you. We thank you. I love it that a pastor cares so much, not just about numbers in a building. That's not his concern. But he cares about our souls. He cares that we are healthy, mind, body, spirit, soul. So we're going to start this over again. You go to the grocery store and you pick out your Brussels sprouts, your broccoli, your skim milk, your eggs, organic of course. And you gather all these things together and then you take them up to the cash register and the lady scans them all and then she puts them on the counter and she says, okay, take your things. T t take, take my things. But... Uh, uh, well, um, take your things. Fine. All right. All right. So, so I, I, I don't have a bag. Um, okay. So I get my eggs and my skim milk and my, my healthy butter and, and my Brussels sprouts. And, and I start to carry them all out to the parking lot and stuff's falling all over the place. Eggs are making a mess. The milk spilled everywhere. The can of green beans is now rolling down aisle six. And, and I've got a, I've got a mess. At that moment, that little grocery bag that you didn't think was worth very much is all of a sudden pretty important. You see, it's not the vessel, the container that gives value to the product, but it's the product that gives value to the container. And see, you need both together, otherwise, you're going to have a mess. And I was thinking about this last night, and I thought, well, how can I best illustrate this to the people? And I thought, well, I know. I'll order a pizza and have it delivered to Lamb's Chapel. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Yes. Well, yeah, I thought so. I thought that this would be the perfect... Somebody ordered a pizza, a vomit, and got um, pepperoni and cheese 
the sauerkraut? Did somebody order pizza? Um, uh, yes. I'll, I'll take that. Um, Is that not a good looking pizza? Oh. This especially is extra anchovies. Um. Lady, this is a good pizza. Okay. Pizza. Yes, yes. Thank, thank you, thank you for the, thank you for the. Oh, oh, and it's hot too. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, good. Um. Thanks. Hold, ma'am. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Is everything all right, ma'am? Uh, no. Um, if this showed up at your door on Friday night for family pizza night, what would you ask? Where's the box? Ma'am, you didn't order a box, you ordered a pizza. This is the pizza. This is the vomit pizza. We got pepperoni, we got anchovies. For, forget it, forget it, forget it, forget it, okay. Okay, no, 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 just, just, you can just leave that here. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, we're, we're having a church service here, and um, we're, we're very nice and forgiving. So here, I, I'm sure you've got a real long night ahead of you. Have, have a seat, have a seat. You can just join us for a minute. Um, you got a lot of pizzas to deliver tonight? Yes, ma'am, got several. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> um... You know what? Uh, we just made coffee. You got a long night. You probably need some coffee. Would you like some coffee? I love coffee, coffee ma'am. Super, super. Let me grab some for you. Let me get some okay, pizza. there you go. <laughs> Didn't you ask for coffee? Yeah, but not on my trousers. You this didn't, is like my trousers. You didn't ask for a cup of coffee. You asked for coffee. So as I was saying, the, the, the product is important, but without a vessel, the product makes a mess. As I said before, heaven's not the problem. The miracles aren't the problem. The anointing, the blessing, the favor, they're not the problem. Revival is not the problem. He has all of that. But if he doesn't have available vessels to pour it into, it's going to make a mess. Oh, church, if we could just get this. Because I'm telling you, he has heaven wide open. I love it when it says in scripture that Jesus went down and he got baptized. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Do you know what it doesn't say? It never says that the heavens reclosed. We live under an open heaven. But he needs available vessels to pour his revival, to pour his miracles, to pour his anointing into. Because if he was to just pour it all out, what happens? It would make a mess. If he just pours it all out, 
all over the place with no available vessels, no one's going to understand. Nobody's going to get the miracles. Nobody's going to understand the revival. How many of you are praying for revival? Our world needs revival. It is time for revival. But he's saying right now, I need available vessels. And I don't need just a few. If a baby cries, the mama's not going to go over and be looking for a baby bottle with some leftover two-week-old milk to give to the baby, right? No, that would be disastrous. She's going to go and she's going to get the bottle. She's going to clean it out. She's going to sterilize it. Then she's going to give the milk to the baby. He's calling us to be clean, empty, available vessels. Now in our skit here, we were missing something. We were missing a couple of somethings, right? What were we missing? We were missing a box. Do you know how much this box cost? I asked when I went to the Little Caesars. 35 cents. But in the moment of your pizza being delivered on Friday night by Pastor Mike, do you guys know that he picked that up as a second job? That's incredible. <laughs> I don't recommend you calling him tomorrow night. <laughs> the box is pretty valuable in the moment that that pizza shows up at your doorstep. But it's, it's just a little 35 cent piece of cardboard. Exactly. Exactly. Too often I hear the excuse of, well, Jen, I've never been to seminary. Jen, I, I've, never, I've never read the Bible all the way through. Jen, I'm not that educated. Jen, I'm not that talented. Jen, I, I don't have that much money. Are you willing to be a 35-cent, clean, available, empty vessel? Because that's what he needs to bring forth the miracles. That's what he's looking for. He knew that there was a thing called sin on this earth. And he knew he needed to bring forth a vessel to solve that problem. And so for 42 generations, he searched and he searched and he searched and then he found Mary. And he said, Mary, I know you might not be much. I know you might not think that you're much. But can I use your clean, empty, available vessel to bring forth the greatest miracle of all times? And Mary said yes. Clean, empty, available. And Jesus came to the earth. He came to the earth as a man. He was fully God and fully man. He was so powerful that even when they just touched the hem of his robe, people were healed. 
not because he was operating out of being God, no. He had Holy Spirit in him, the same Holy Spirit that you and I have. He says, you'll be able to do even greater works than these because I'm sending my spirit. So powerful we are because of him. So he comes to the earth. He serves and has an incredible ministry, but what he has first is union with his father. Then he has the ministry and Satan doesn't like that. So Satan tries to attack the vessel. Satan begins to go after that vessel. Satan hates your body. Because he knows he can't stop the oil. That's what kicked him out of heaven. He knows he's no match for the oil. But if he can stop the vessel, then he can stop the miracles and the revival and the anointing from flowing. So Satan, he goes after that vessel, Jesus Christ. And he gets that vessel. He beats that vessel. That vessel had scars on his back. That vessel had nails in its hands and his feet. That vessel got put up on a cross for you and for me. And then all of a sudden, hell heard him say, it is finished. And hell began to throw a party. They thought they had won. They had gotten the vessel. They watched it bleed to death. Huh. Oh, but wait. Oh, hold up. Wait a minute. He said, It is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. Hell just got defeated. And that vessel was put into a tomb. And for three days, there was silence. But then, spirit connected with vessel and vessel raised from the dead and I want you to look at something with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 1 Corinthians chapter 6 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. Verse 20, For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. 
You, he's saying, you were bought with the price. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? What you do with this body matters. What you put into your mind, what's your eyes? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because it matters what we put into these bodies. Now, I want to ask the ladies a question here. Men, you can answer too if you want. Ladies, uh, have any of you been pregnant? All right, now men, you can join in. Men, have you ever seen a pregnant woman? All right. When a woman is pregnant, her walk changes. Right? Eight, almost eight months pregnant, that woman walks through the door coming down this aisle. You've seen it. There is no doubt in anyone's mind that woman's carrying something, right? No doubt. You are the temple. You are the temple of Holy Spirit. We should be so full of Holy Spirit that when we walk in a door, everybody looks and says, he's carrying something. She's carrying something. There's something different about that one. I wonder what they're having. I wonder what they have in there. We talk about being the light of the world and how in Matthew chapter 5 it says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither can that pregnant woman with that belly be hidden. You are the light of the world. And your vessel matters. You're either a container of trash or of treasure. Because what you do with this body matters. And I know not everybody after seeing that video at the beginning is ready to sign up to go to the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil. Yay. Still only two. That's okay. Because you have an area that he's calling you to. There is a people group that only your vessel can reach. And if you don't reach it, the world will miss out. I can't go to work with you. I'm busy. You saw the snake and everything, right? I'm busy. I can't go to school with you. I can't go into your house with you. I can't walk across the hallway to your son or your daughter's room with you. But you can. Your vessel can. 
And in the craziness of that world out there, I'm afraid that we've forgotten the value of the vessel. Our vessels matter. What we do with our vessels every second of every day matters. This is why Pastor Brian is so focused right now on soul care. Because like he said, you can't enjoy abundant life and pour out and give and invest into others if you yourself aren't healed. Because just as it's true that he's not going to pour out revival and pour out miracles and pour out anointing and blessing if there's no available vessels, that would make a mess. But also, he's not going to pour it out into dirty vessels. Because that too would make a mess. And tonight, he's looking for vessels. Tonight, he's looking for clean, available vessels. It's not the container that gives value to the product. It's the product that gives value to the container. And the part of that story, that true story, that I love the most, from Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is that it says very clearly in Scripture that Jesus' body, His vessel, was put into the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimatheus. Now, I once heard a preacher say that Jesus was a very good business Jewish man. And so he thought to himself, why buy a tomb when I'm only going to use it for three days? Right? He thought that one through. He's like, I'm not going to buy that thing. But go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 20. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He knew he wasn't going to need that tomb except for, for three days. So he borrowed the tomb. He bought you. You have been bought with a price. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And tonight, the blood of Jesus Christ wants to clean your vessel. Clean, empty, and available. If you want to see miracles, if you want to see revival, if you want to see an anointing unlike ever before, may it start right here. We cry out, God, we want revival. And he's saying, I'm just looking for an available vessel. He wants to pour it out. Scripture says that it's his desire that all men and women and children be saved. May it start with me. May it start with you. You were bought with a price. And you might not think you're much, 
and we're not. But with the product of heaven put inside of us, we are world changers. We are eternity changers. We are eternity expanders. And that's what I'm ready for. I want to close with this story. Back in the 80s, the Japanese started making really good quality cars. In the 50s and 60s, not so much. But by the 80s, they had figured it out. And they were such good quality, they started sending them over here to the U.S. And the U.S. started buying them up. And the three top main car companies in the U.S. at that time couldn't even come close to competing. And so the CEO of General Motors decided, I got to figure out what's going on. So he went over to Japan. He went to a conference that the CEOs of that car company in Japan were holding. And he went into the first session and he sat down and he watched the CEO of the Japanese car company write up on the board, our 100 year vision. The CEO of General Motors sat there, listened, left the session, got in a cab, went to the airport and flew back to the United States. One of his board members picked him up from the airport and he said, I, I, I don't get it. It was a five-day conference. You flew all that way. What in the world? Why are you back home? He said, I figured out what we're doing wrong. He said, it only took one session. We're building cars. They're building a legacy. We can't compete. I'm here to tell you, Satan's only building cars. We're building a legacy. He can't compete. I invite you to stand with me. And for just a moment, hold out your hands like you're getting ready to receive a gift. I know that the world has seemed a little crazy recently, but our God's not crazy. Hebrews says that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just like three years ago, before the whole COVID thing hit, he was looking for available vessels. He's still looking for them today. And if anything, I believe that our world needs it even more today than they needed it three or five years ago. Clean, empty, available vessels. That's what he's looking for tonight. Satan hates your body. Satan hates your mind. He knows the power that you hold. And he wants to do all he can to mess that up. Whether it be through something like bitterness or gossip or unforgiveness or pornography. 
whether it be through a secret hidden sin or just through the sure fact that you've taken control back over your own life. Tonight, He wants to pour out. But we've got to be willing to pour out first before He pours in. And tonight, I'm going to give an altar call. And I'm going to ask that if there's anyone who wants to come forward and say, God, I want to be a clean, empty, available vessel for you, I want to invite you to step out from where you are and to come to the front. Because I believe that tonight he wants to pour out new dreams, new visions, new anointings, and even revival. May it start with us. And I'm going to be the first one down there. Because I want more. I want more. I want to step out from where I'm at. I want to step out. Satan, I want to show you that I'm stepping out. I'm not going to live where I was before. I've been bought with a price. And I want Holy Spirit to live and shine through me. I want to invite you to come. To come and offer yourself as a clean, empty, available vessel for the expansion of the kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name.